0: Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, hello everyone. Thank you for listening. It has been a while since I've done a sit down conversation with a group of ladies. We've been able to use Q and A's and testimonies from our legacy group meetings. Um, So that has been really nice. Um, But I've been wanting to do a podcast on the topic of Advent and Christmas. And I should say another podcast. In December of 2020, a group of ladies discussed the book, Treasuring Christ in Our Traditions by Noel Piper. And um, I will never forget that podcast. Shannon, you were there. It was December of 2020. The COVID numbers were skyrocketing. It was kind of scary. And I didn't want to get anyone sick before Christmas. So we were in my basement and Kevin, my husband, had taken our shop vacuum. And put a box on top and taped the microphone to it. We all sat six feet or more apart and we like pushed the shop back around to each other on wheels. That's why we used it. It was on wheels. And we like did it that way. And I'm just glad those times are over. That was, I will not forget that podcast recording. Um, But that was such an encouraging conversation. You can access that by scrolling all the way back to December 2020 in the podcast feed. Um, And I've just wanted to circle back around to this topic since then, and our goal with this conversation is to inspire ladies as they look ahead to this Advent and Christmas season season, by hearing from different women about how they celebrate, how they prepare their hearts, how they walk through temptations. And we really don't want to just add to your to-do list, but our hope is to give you ideas for how to enjoy Christ in this season and maybe do give you some ways that you can be encouraged in your soul during this time. If you've been around CCK for a while, you know that Advent is part of our church calendar where we prepare our hearts to celebrate and remember the first coming of Christ at Christmas and also grow in our longing for His coming again. That's straight from the email we received um, about the Advent schedule. Um, And for me personally, this has really become a highlight of the year. It's a season I look forward to, and I'm just built up in my faith and prepared to celebrate in this season. And I've been at CCK for 16 years, long enough to see some of our Advent traditions that we do now begin and solidify. So that has been fun and encouraging. And tradition around Advent is something that one of our guests has been implementing in her own family for a number of years with her husband, Cap. So, to start out this conversation, I thought it would be fun to hear from Shannon Stewart about what it's looked like for um, them to become more intentional in this season. So, Shannon, start by just introducing yourself and then give us a little history lesson um, and describe what the celebration of Advent and Christmas were like tradition- traditionally. Uh, where did this all start? Um, so, my name is
1: Shannon Stewart. My husband is Cat. I have four kids, ages 10 to 13, 14 months? Mm -hmm. I have have four children, one of them (laughs) is one. And um, I used to teach high school English at the church, um, at at the co-op as well, but I have retired from that to homeschool my own kids. And um, we have celebrated Advent as distinct from Christmas um, now for, I think, five years and it's made a really big difference in how I enjoy the season. So um, I actually don't know when all the Advent traditions started. I know that they date from the Middle Ages, Mm -hmm. um, and that's where we get a lot of the same traditions we use today, like garlands or Advent wreaths, or um, although they implemented them slightly differently. Um, But I guess the main thing that is very different about church history Advent versus our Advent today is that our Advent today, I, at least the way I grew up understanding it was Advent is basically just Christmas before Christmas. Like it's just like the lead up to the Christmas season. We call it Advent, but it's just Christmas. It's just a subset of Christmas. But in medieval tradition and an early church tradition, Advent was sharply distinct from Christmas. And it was very important that Um, Advent was a time of, I I guess the best way to describe it is giving the context for Christmas. Um, because right after, even Halloween now, (laughs) after Halloween, it's not even after Thanksgiving, (laughs) we're seeing the pillows, merry and bright. We're seeing the twinkling lights and the glitzy and the carols are playing in the stores. And it can just feel like a demand without context. Like, you should feel joyful now. And I have struggled with guilt in the past of like, it's Christmas and I should be joyful, but I'm not joyful. Why am I not joyful? And um, But Advent is actually a time to press into the fact that um, like this world is a broken place and we are people of longing and lament, like we are waiting for Christ's mm-hmm. return. And so I think that for us Advent um, and for the medievals, um, Advent was a time to kind of put yourself in the place of Israel um, back when they were experiencing the hundreds of years of silence from the Lord, like there was exile, there are no, no prophets that have spoken, mm-hmm. but um, and we're waiting, and we're hoping against hope that he's going to come, mm-hmm. that this Messiah, that he's going to keep his promises. And then, like, Christmas is like, he comes, mm-hmm. like, yeah. he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Advent is a time when I'm allowing myself to feel the brokenness of the world, to feel my own brokenness, to feel my longing, and to allow myself space to, like, grieve and lament of how my life is, not what it should be how the world is not what it should be and then christmas is the time where we kind of symbolically and um for uh for 12 days we do the full 12 days of christmas um we celebrate that like the bridegroom has come and we're just gonna party like a little foretaste of heaven for these 12 days um and so that's i I, that's kind of how the medieval practices have shaped how our family intentionally celebrates
0: that yeah that's helpful so give us you know we have other questions coming but give us a bird's eye view of what it has looked like for your family to approach the christmas season with this traditional calendar in mind
1: um so during advent i see advent as primarily for two things for lament and for preparation some families go really far in this and will say, like, we're not even going to put up Christmas decorations during Advent. We're not going to listen to Christmas music we're, or we're going to listen to it, but only the instrumental versions. And we're going to wait um, because they're they're really pressing into that like season right. of this is a time where <laughs> we can be. Just quiet and waiting before the Lord. Um, We don't do that. We're a day after Thanksgiving family, like, immediately all the decorations are up. Um, But I see that as just this glorious way of anticipating what's coming. Like, yes, we're waiting. Yes, we're lamenting, but the King is on his way. Um, And so, one of the ways my family prepares is um, we do the Advent wreath, the traditional Advent wreath with the like, three purple candles, one pink candle, and then the Christ candle in the center. We light one going um, after dinner every night. And we'll. they're traditionally associated with um, hope, peace, joy, love, and then Christ. Those are what the candles represent. And so each week we'll light a candle after dinner and we'll talk about with the kids like you know, let's think about the world without Christ. Let's think about life without Christ. What would it be like to live without hope? Mm -hmm. And just to Mm really get into that idea um, so that we're anticipating him coming and bringing those things. Mm -hmm. So that's the main way that we observe. Um, And then another really practical way I observe is I clean my whole house. Like, um, I'm not busy, like, trying to do frantically all the memory things. I am preparing for the arrival of the king in my brain. And so I'll say, like, okay, the king is coming. Let's get the dust mops out. Let's. And so we'll, like, turn on Christmas music really loud and we'll, like, scour the house and, like, it's the time of year where, like, I clean the little pockets of chaos that are just in my house and I'm putting up with all year. Like, Advent is the time where I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, so, yeah. um, so, and then, so it's longing and then it's preparation, like, in anticipation of this longing being over and the f- fruition um, coming true. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. And then the, uh, the other part of that, I guess, is that when we get to Christmas, it's not just one day of festivity, but we do the full medieval 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> and it is, it lasts from um, December 25th, which is the first day of Christmas to January 5th. Um, and then I think January 6th is Epiphany. Um, okay, thank you. I, di- I didn't, <laughs> I'm bad at dates. Um, and so we just like party hard for that 12 days and have a really great time. <laughs>
0: Okay, yeah, that sounds good me. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, well, I just thought it would be fun to hear that history from you and the intentionality that you guys put into the season. And it's not so that we all model what the Stewarts do, but I just thought it would help us understand some of the richness of, of these things and maybe get an idea mm-hmm. or two of something we'd like to implement. Okay, so now let's meet our... Other three participants, and I'll go through some questions for everyone, but first, can you other three ladies introduce yourselves?
2: My name is Lauren Simmons. I'm married to Jake Simmons, and we have four children, um, ranging from 11 to 5.
3: And my name is Karen Rack, and I'm married to Philip, and we have seven children ranging from ages 26 down to 9. I'm Melissa Edmiston. I am
4: not married, no children. I work full-time and travel quite a bit and have been at CCK uh, about five years.
0: All right, so can each of you just share a memory from the Christmas season that stands out because of the way it encouraged you? Okay, I'm going to share two. Okay, okay, it's fine. It's hard to narrow these down. So I remember
2: being in college and going home for Christmas and growing up it wasn't like real heavy tradition like prepare for Christ. It was more Santa Claus or, you know, more gifts and um, so the Lord had been doing a work in my heart and I went home for Christmas and I just remember feeling, I just want to press into the Lord. Um, the home was decorated. My mom would always keep a little jar of um, Christmas m by the couch. And I remember just one grabbing my Bible and sitting down on the couch eating those M&Ms and just by myself. Nobody was home. I don't remember anyone being there or they weren't around, you know. And just reading the account of Christ being born and just my soul feeling so filled up with knowing the Lord and loving Him. And it just will always stay in my heart, just that moment that the Lord gave me, just He and I. Um, in this beautiful home, feeling peace. And so Mm. that stands out for me. Um, And then another one, when Jake and I lived in Louisville, Kentucky, when he was going to seminary, we had Asher. He was about eight months old. And we lived in a tiny apartment, and we didn't have much money. And so he was working and going to school full time. And we couldn't go home because he had to work right after Christmas. And so it was our first time never being with family at all. And so it was like, all right. We're each other's family and we're here in this little house. So we went to a Christmas Eve service um, at a local church and we're like, okay, well, what do we want to do? And it was, we went to this Christmas Eve service and just, we will remember like the Lord is with us. Like we may not have family all around, but we have each other and we have the Lord. And we went home and I tried to make cinnamon rolls and failed totally. (laughs) Didn't have anything to eat that morning. (laughs) But it was just a, it will be forever imprinted in my heart. I feel like from that moment on, it was just this moment of like, all right, this is our little unit. And how are we going to treasure Christ together?
3: You know, Mm -hmm. so those are two that sticks out with me. Um, yeah, I have two I'm going to mention also. One is just a general memory of growing up in my home. My parents did a living nativity, um, gathering that my mom would invite friends over to the house. Usually it's friends from church and it was different from year to year who came and we would dress up and my mom had a box that she had, uh, You know, bought scraps of clothing or material and we would all dress up and my dad would read um, this out of this little book that gave the general highlights of the Christmas story. And um, after each little scene, you know, there were wise men and there were shepherds and Mary and Joseph. And it was always exciting who was going to be what character and then we would read and in between each scene we would sing carols together as a family and that was just that was done every year it was just a a real highlight for me and um, we try to do that now in our care group actually uh well our care group parties our community group parties have um often just included reading out the Christmas story and letting the kids in our care group Mm -hmm. dress up so that's kind of a fun memory but um I think one time when just this one, I can't put my finger on when I can see myself at the prepare him room concert several years ago, but the song he who is mighty had just come out Mm -hmm. and, um, the words, he who is mighty has done a great thing, taken on flesh, conquered death sting, shattered the darkness and lifted our shame. Holy is his name. And I just remember I had a young child at the time and I was sitting in the back with them, but Just the words of that song were piercing my soul. Mm. That coupled with the fact that I was reading, uh, I've got a lot of really good children's books that I'll mention later on, hopefully in the (laughs) podcast. Uh, I had been reading books with the kids and doing things at home in preparation for Christmas. But the, the, the thought that struck me was just, why? Why would God leave heaven? condescend to earth it still just shakes me up why would he do that I don't get it <laughs> I still don't get it mm-hmm. obviously um why would he I just had my my mind's eye that just this holy beautiful place of heaven and and he would step out of that into sinful earth and um it just struck me and it's just I still don't, it still obviously affects me. I was like, who is this God? Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Because I think I wouldn't do that. I would not want to leave my comfort zone to go into nastiness. Mm -hmm. But he did. And it just made me love him more. Just like, wow, you are awesome. Holy is your name. And so that song in particular, I think, stood out. But then there's other songs that we sing at Christmas that will often talk about him condescending and taking on flesh and it just affects me. And I think over the years that song plus like all the things I've done with my children in reading some books that just highlight that that aspect of Christ coming down to us and, and, and humbling himself. I, I I'll just add this, humbling himself to become an, a a fetus, a little like a baby in a womb. Who is this God? And he, there's no one like him. Mm-hmm. So
1: I would say that most of my best Christmas memories, even from childhood, are not big events. Like they're the little things over time, the steady plotting things that are building these traditions, that are building these um, habits of heart, I guess, that you're trying to cultivate in the season. and. I actually have a quote I got it from Even Exile that I think explains it well. Um, so Rebecca Merkel, who wrote Even Exile, um, is talking about a woman's job, like as like a culture creator and translator in her home, like translating the doctrines of God into ways that your family can taste and feel and touch. So she says, we take one of the most difficult theological truths, the incarnation and attempt to show that truth through our celebrations. And for my next trick, I will take Athanasius's De Incarnatione – don't know if I pronounced that right – and I will say it with cookies and wrapping paper and cinnamon and marshmallows and colored lights and tablecloths and shopping trips and frantically last-minute late-night Amazon orders and ham. (laughs) And I will do it in such a way – I'm sorry, I'm going to cry – that my four-year-old will really get it and it will um, bring roots deep down into his soul where it will anchor his loves and his loyalties and shape his allegiances well into his 90s. Um, So I think that's been like how Christmas has been. Um, Yeah, that's been a good thing for me. Um, I guess one thing kind of off Karen's is um, every time I hear... Uh, While shepherds watch their flocks by night. It's a song by Andrew Peterson. And he has that last chorus, which is glory be to God on high and to the earth be peace. Goodwill henceforth from God to man begin and never cease. My kids are just used to me like not being able to finish that line. Um, Mommy's crying again. So, um, but that's like one of those deep root things that I hope they... See, so, and that's been m- one of my favorite Christmas memories is crying about that song.
4: <laughs> so, I think one for me that's both a memory and has turned out to be quite an encouragement is I grew up in a big old traditional Presbyterian church, and they did a very traditional lessons and carol service. Mm-hmm. And so for us, this was a big family tradition. It was a large choir. My mom sang in the choir. My sister and I would get very dressed up. We would do a big dinner afterwards, um, and friends would come over. Um, So that was always an event that marked the season for our family. Um, But as I got older and really started to comprehend the lessons, um, I've been continually encouraged by the Scripture. When you go through the nine lessons and then the hymns that follow, they recount the fall, the promise, the coming of a Messiah, the, the birth of Jesus, and then the Great Commission and the calling to preach the good news. So it's really just this entire picture of scripture in what's usually maybe a 45-minute or an hour service. Um, and so that's something that I remember the fond memories of doing that as a child, but then growing up in the encouragement of the theology and the scripture that, that
0: has carried me through the years. That's great. All right, so the next question I had was, what things have you done that encourage your soul in this season? So maybe more, like, not just memories, but recent.
4: So for me, one thing that may be unique for me in this season is I usually end up with extra time. Um, It tends to be less busy for me in many ways. So with that, um, I usually have extra time for more personal study and reflection. And I normally have a habit of Bible reading and Bible study and, and things that are going on throughout the church year. But one thing I love about entering the Christmas season or or other seasons of the church calendar is that we have this opportunity to focus our hearts and our minds, even if it's, it's scriptures that we've, we're familiar with or have heard through the year, but get to look at it through the, the lens of what the coming of Christ means to us. So I find myself reading a lot during this season. There's a lot of different Advent devotions, books that I have found very encouraging. And I will say for a woman's heart, there's also some that are very pretty. Um, they make mm-hmm. the covers yeah. and things very pretty yes. and the bookstore yes. sells them. So um, some favorites that I have, one of my favorites is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, which is a compilation of various authors, uh, Martin Luther, Charles Spurgeon, <laughs> Tim Keller, and... Um, mm-hmm. Joni Erickson-Todd is in there. So that's one I think I've read in my adult life every year for the last probably several years. Yeah, so, and that's
0: edited by Nancy, think, Yes, right? yeah. yeah. I've, I've done
4: that one too. Um Last Christmas I read, and I'll probably read it again this year, I did Tim Keller's Hidden Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so that's one I think that can really encourage you to draw your heart away from maybe some of the secular temptations and busyness and pulls from society to the the story of, of hope and redemption and, and salvation. So um, that's been... Encouraging to me and something I look forward to just to shift maybe my habits and my mind to some of those things um,
1: So this is kind of also like my work cited page uh, This question is um, what have I done to encourage my soul in the season? I had a friend in college whose name was Bethany Bear and she got married and became Bethany Hebbard, and she is a missionary to homeless and refugee populations in North Carolina with her husband And um, five years ago, she wrote this Advent guide, which is just a series of brief meditations and also like a very practical workbook for preparing your heart for the traditional experience of Advent and then the 12 days of Christmas. And so I work through that guide every year um, because even in college I could see there was something different about the way she celebrated the holiday. It was this glad anticipation that was not superficial, but it had this somber note that was actually really stirring like, whoa, what is different about this? And so when she came out with this Advent guide, I was like, I was all over it. So I just work through that every year and I share it on my Facebook page every year because I'm kind of obsessed with it. And it's just this little PDF document. Um, so if you guys, if anybody's listening and wants to work through her advent guide, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, but that's one of the main ways I prepare my heart devotionally for the season. And I agree like Hidden Christmas is also really great. And I want to check out that other book you mentioned because that sounds amazing too. Um, But, yeah, just um, I think one of the ways also like my Bible reading during Advent tends to be a prophet, um, a prophet from the around the exile. Um, Just, again, kind of trying to get myself in that headspace of things are bad. You know, we need somebody to come save us. And um, so I can increase my anticipation of of Jesus coming.
3: I think that planning. I just, I try to make a good plan. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm probably one of the most scattered people you'll <laughs> ever meet, but I do have in my own head all these lists of things that I'm thinking, and then I like to get it on paper and and think about it um, and look at the calendar and figure out. So I think making a plan of, of what are meaningful. So I'm, I'm thinking along this line, this is the goal. I th- I'm thinking to help Christmas is to help prepare our hearts. Advent is to help prepare our hearts and the hearts of my family to celebrate the birth of Christ and to make God big. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, that's my goal. I want to make God big this season. Um, and so I just try to make plans. And so that would include the music that I'm starting to pull out and the books that I'm starting to pull out and think of what we're going to read. And the what I'm going to do with my children, I, I do homeschool. So... What am I going to read with my younger kids during our Bible time? Um, but then, what are we going to do as a family in the evenings when we do sit down um, and gather for devotions here and there? Um, there's some books that I can mention now or later, but there's several books that our family uh, go to's that are more kid oriented. You want me to do that so go Okay. Go ahead and share <laughs> okay. Um, so I have a whole list, and I'm gonna. Uh, I would say my top three. These are read-alouds for children, so I'm probably not going to be reading the chapter books that that you girls, the the higher level. I'm in the low-level reading category, so for all of you low-level readers like Karen, (laughs) here you go. Um, One Wintry Night by Ruth Bell Graham is spectacular, and it shares the gospel story in a fictional context with a, a, a a. boy who's lost in the woods and goes to this lady's home. It's just beautiful. Um, And the illustrations are magnificent. Uh, That one takes some time to read. So it is a good read for over a course of a few days. And then um, for younger, younger kids, My Birthday, Jesus's Birthday by Holly Davis is so sweet. It just is a great uh, help to children, young children, to see the difference between um, what is Christmas celebrating and how the biblical account compares to their own birthdays. So it's kind of sweet. And then Ordinary Baby, Extraordinary Gift by Gloria Gaither. She has a song that goes with it. that's so, so pretty that you can pull up. If you just look it up on the internet, you can find that song. Um, and then I've got the story behind the song, The Real 12 Days of Christmas, which gives the, the I guess, the historical account of what, when you sing that song, um, oh. it's, it tells what all those things mean historically so that's kind of a fun one um the christmas miracle of jonathan toomey and then there's a series that our family has enjoyed reading over the years there's jotham's journey bartholomew's passage and tabitha's travels they are three different books by the same author arnold yetreide i'm um, not sure if i pronounced that correctly but those books uh, um, again take a fiction take fictional characters and weave it into the story of the birth of christ um, so, if you're okay with that kind of a, con, you know, a storyline, it's it's been very sweet for our family to read. We've even read it in the car rides when we when we've traveled down to Georgia to see family, and we haven't finished it. We'll read it out loud in the car. So I remember I remember those scenes. Um, and then there's um, Mary, Did You Know, which is based on the song by Mark Lowry and the Christmas pinata. So I've got a bunch of books. Okay. Yeah. it's My turn. Okay. So we love to listen to music. So we're listening
2: to a lot of carols, um, hymns. We sing. It's loud. When my kids were little, um, we have a little, everybody had little musical instruments. It's not pretty, but it is a joyful noise to the Lord. So we're we're listening to a lot of music at our home. And um, for me personally, it just helps me set my mind on Christ and to sing about Him and who He is for me. Um, I listen to Scripture. Um, I would say I just read Scripture. I I have done books in the past, but sometimes that can be harder for me. So I just try to make sure my soul is anchored in the Word. So I'm trying to just read the Bible, anything just to set my mind on the Lord or listen to the Bible. And there's um, Poor Bishop Hooper is a couple that sings Scripture, and they have an um, album called Firstborn, and it takes each takes Mary and Joseph and um, Elizabeth, and and it kind of puts a song to their story, and then they have one, which is Christ, and um, it does the genealogy of Christ, and my children can kind of say the genealogy, and so I can I not fully, but they can do it better than I can because their mind absorbs it, um, but it, you would think, how can the genealogy of Christ just it can bring me to tears sometimes because it's just so beautifully put to music and you're just setting your mind on the line of the Lord. So coming. So anyways, those are things that I do, not as, you know, deeply rooted in different devotional books, but just trying to be anchored in the word.
0: So. Mm -hmm. That's great. Okay, next question is, switching gears a little bit, what are the temptations you face in this season, and how has God met you in these, or how do you fight against them?
2: Okay, so my temptation is going to be to busy myself with a lot of doing and worrying about gifts. I actually asked all my family, what would you say you see mommy's temptation? They're like, you're too worried about gifts, mom. <laughs> But it's so funny. Like, I think I just get so... It's not... It's all good things. Like, gift giving, the to-dos, that I can get so bogged down in it that I'm losing sight. Like, almost a materialism. That's just how I'm bent. I'm like, oh, do I have enough gifts for this? I want to surprise this. And I just have a lot of ideas. And then I feel overwhelmed in my ideas. Mm -hmm. And, um, And then also, like during the season you get a lot of invites to do fun things so in my mind i'm like oh we could do this we could do that or we could say and so where to say yes where to say no um and then my third temptation is my children are crazy excited during this time of the year and so the energy level through my home is through the roof (laughs) so my temptation is to get really easily annoyed or irritated and not be patient with their excitement so I feel like I'm having to really, like, take my heart to task and be like,
4: mm-hmm.
2: enter into the joy, like the Lord entered into this world, enter into the joy of your children. So it is like that double-edged sword of, like, play, have fun, also train them how to <laughs> you know, do things. So I feel like those are my three temptations. Do you want me to go on and share how I f- like the rest of that? Okay. So I feel like practically, and, you know, this sounds cr- mm, though you would pray but i feel like praying really going to the lord asking god to set my heart on him calm and quieting my heart before i reading listening to the music set my like mind on the lord really helps me during the season um and then two is i plan i know this is a practical one but like i really start planning and preparing all year long. <laughs> I know that I have a running list starting usually in January of ideas, of gift ideas, of things I want to do with the kids. And I just, anytime I hear somebody say something, I write it down on my phone and I just keep a list through the year. Um, and then starting, you know, sometimes in the summer, you know, sometimes in um, early fall, I'll just start looking for things. What could bless them? What, you know, so it's just really this idea that I'm always like, listening to my children and and the people around me and thinking how can I surprise and bless them um, and then this is my next thing is Jake and I talk a lot okay what do we want to accomplish in this season and so that helps me as we're like figuring out what are we doing what's our guide it's our guide so that we know where are we saying yes where are we saying no so we have a plan as a family, like. This is our goal. This is what we're trying to achieve, and this is how we're going to do it. So planning, in some ways, just helps me accomplish that and guards me from last-minute just overwhelming, ah, you know, freaking out. What are we doing? Going to buy. You know, there is going to be that to a degree, but just really being intentional, making the best use of our time because the days are evil, what
3: Scripture says, and being intentional with our time. So. Mm Yeah. I like Lauren, um, feel like one of my temptations is to get really focused on the gift giving. I like to buy, I like to shop. I enjoy that a lot and I get excited about giving gifts. Um, but that can become really a burden rather than a joy when I just get consumed by that. And I can really miss the essence, the, the, what we're really after. So that is something I have to guard my heart um, against is just the overbuying and too much energy being spent on um, some of those things that may not make the bigger impact. And I have, as I'm getting older, my energy is decreasing. And so I'm realizing more and more I've got to be more intentional. Um, so that's pushing me toward the Lord too. I would say that uh, ways I fight against that is, I I think I'm getting better at asking for help um, with my children. I've got older children now, so I've got adult children, that I'm entering into decision-making in terms of, hey, what serves you guys? And how can we, y'all want to do gift-giving this way this year? And so I'm trying to be more mindful of not taking it all on my own shoulders. And really then I become a grumpy mom when I'm overwhelmed. So um, asking for help and then just just keep preaching to myself, what is the main point here? What are we after? And um, that is we want to magnify Christ. We want to honor him. Um, We want to build up our family in the Lord. And so that does include a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, just, you know, creative ideas, but just making sure that we are, that I am not, um, forgetting those things in the midst of the busyness and the gifts and all the things that are fun just just making sure that it it holds fast to the core i think
1: historically my temptation was to feel like i had to feel a certain way and to be feel condemned when i didn't feel that way um I should be happy right now. It's Christmas. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of societal pressure during the Christmas season to feel a certain way. And um, I think that the way that that temptation has been countered in my life, and I just share it, um, is like it, it has been celebrating Advent. Like, um, it's just uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a quote, if it's okay, from Bethany Hebbard's Advent Guide that I always work through. Um, she says the powers that be would have us believe that the on-trend gift the picture-perfect family celebration or the doting partner will fill us with flawless holiday joy we know such saccharine cheer is illusory and advent rinses that false taste from our mouth advent reminds us we are people of longing and lament advent gives voice to the slaves longing for freedom the barren woman the family in crisis advent says to the broken-hearted. This story is for you, and it isn't over yet. Um, So that is what has helped me with that temptation is Advent. Um, The other temptation that I still face um, yearly is the uh, pressure to create memories. Um, I must create special memories for my children. And I actually, this, this is how I fight it. I don't have any power over what sticks in my kids' minds. God is sovereign over what sticks in their minds. And so my biggest job during this season is to get my own heart happy and enjoy anticipating Christ and enjoy him myself and be faithful and trust that God will um, give them the memories that he sovereignly chooses to stick in their minds.
4: I think for me, and I wonder if other singles can resonate with this, but a challenge or temptation I often face is that the Christmas season can actually be isolating or lonely at times when things slow down and it's dark and it's cold. Um, So I think the temptation there is to just not be content with the season where the Lord has has me and to um, allow sin in various forms to enter my heart during this season. I think I can also be more tempted to engage with some of the secular busyness of Christmas. Not that any of those things are bad by any means, Um, you know, there's the opportunity for Christmas parties or movies or or concerts which um, can all be good and have their place, but I think um, I can be tempted to use those things to just make myself busy and then lose sight I think of what the Lord has for me in this season and I think the specific joys and opportunities that, that do come from being single in all seasons, but specifically in unique ways around Christmas time. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways I'm trying to be more aware of how the Lord meets me in that and offers encouragement. Um, again, going through the Advent devotions, as we've talked about, is always a gift. Um, and I think we can, we'll talk about this more, I think, later, but just the opportunity to serve and engage in relationships um, is always a gift
0: during this season, I think. Well, thank you guys for sharing those. I do think the whole Christmas season can be full of all kinds of different temptations, um, and just being aware of those ahead of time, taking those to the Lord, being intentional, um, just to to fight those or just to invite the Lord to help us in those, can really help because. Yeah, there's just so many things that can make this season that can distract us. I think our enemy wants to do that and the world wants to do that. Our flesh wants to distract us and um, have us be consumed by so many different things. There can be family dynamics and just so many things. Um, So thanks for sharing those. And um, I just think taking those to the Lord can really serve us. Um, Switching gears again, what are traditions and activities? You shared some of these, but if there's any you wanna hone in on, any other traditions or activities that you or your family enjoy that help you treasure Christ in this season? This is a hard question for me because my first thought
4: is I don't really have any. Um, Aside from the devotional readings we've shared, I think I'm still learning what my sort of personal traditions are and and how do I treasure Christ in this season. But one thing I will say that I'm very grateful for is the majority of my traditions come from the church. Um, you know, that I have grown to put into my schedule as an, as an adult come for, are facilitated by church events. And so I, I love the Christmas concert. I love Lessons and Carols. I love the Christmas Eve service. Um, so that's something I'm very grateful for um, and would just encourage those that, you know, they've shared the the Christmas calendar, the Advent calendar, and different events through the next several weeks um, with the church and would just encourage those to really engage those as a family because I think each each of them are, are very encouraging and a blessing. Um, another thing I have been very grateful for are friends and family who invite me into their traditions at times. So, it's been encouraging to see how even maybe during a busy or chaotic or very high energy season how friends and family are raising children how they're battling some of the the busyness or the temptations um and how they're focusing their own family um on christ during this season so it's it's always a blessing to watch and learn from others as well
1: I think I've talked a lot about what we do in preparation for Christmas uh, in my family, but um, I guess I was going to just use this question to talk about what we do for the 12 days of Christmas. Um, So, and now I'm going to talk about Advent again because they're so connected. So in Advent, one of the big preparatory things I do is I make double batches of several meals throughout um, the end of November, month of December, and freeze them. Um, because during the twelve days of Christmas, I do not cook. Um, we do, we don't cook. I make uh, some breakfast that I can freeze. I we we do like a night of takeout. Uh, we we order pizza and then like uh, on Christmas I cook because there's this meal that can't be frozen that we just love. So I do I actually do cook I guess during the twelve days of Christmas once, but um, it's just I, I I have everything prepared um, and. Now that I have four kids, especially, I just feel like a lot of my time is spent preparing food. And so it is just great during the 12 days to have, like, I am not, I'm not hours in the kitchen. I'm available. And that is the main way we kind of do the 12 days of Christmas is, um, like, like I said, it's like a party. So you know like how generally like day to day your kid might be like, hey mom, come look at this Lego creation I made. And you're like, oh, I'm busy. Like I have this stuff. Well, during the 12 days of Christmas, basically anything they ask, we do. Like, you want to come play Legos with me? Yes, I want to. Can we watch another Christmas movie? Absolutely I do. Let's do it. Um... Like, can we have another treat after lunch, too? Uh Uh-huh, yeah, it's Christmas. And my kids have even gotten used to being like, Mommy, since it's the 12 days of Christmas, can we blah, 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 blah? And they know my answer is going to be like, yes. Like, apart from, like, getting a puppy or something, like, ridiculous, (laughs) you know? Um, So it's just, um, that's just what we do. And we have a lot of friends over during the 12 days of Christmas. We go to a lot of friends' houses. Um we just have a great, fun, relaxed, available time. Um, and so that's the main way I think we
3: celebrate that. Okay, so for the Rack family, I'm gonna start with um, the decorations. I like to make the house dressed up for mm-hmm. Christmas. I. I think, I know this could be argued one way or another, um, I do have some children that don't love the Christmas tree. I actually had one kid tell me they didn't like the Christmas tree, which is, yeah, that's kind of, I, I reacted similarly to you. I went, oh, what? Um, but I, I apologized to them. I'm like, well, I'm the mother that God assigned you, so we're going to have a Christmas tree. Um, but I do like to decorate, and I, I will say the why behind that is, I do think it sets a special tone. It says, this season is special. Um, we're going to dress up the house for it and make it feel cozy and special. So I like that part um, of, of traditional uh, decorations. And then, um, like I said earlier, planning what we're going to read, reading the biblical accounts, uh, even going after some of the Old Testament prophecies and reading some of those together as a family um, and having these books that I um have mentioned and that i think bethany's gonna add to the list of things resources so i we've got a lot of books that we love to read music music is really important in the home in fact my children said that i've heard several of them tell me recently i just pulled out the josh groban noel (laughs) cd for the car and some of my kids are like it's not christmas until i start hearing that cd (laughs) so it's been going as long as my adult children remember but um so yeah there's definitely a lot of uh, music that's going on uh in our home and uh and i'm and i'm talking and we want to i think we have to be careful what we what we are picking for our families i do think we need to be somewhat of a filter Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there for christmas and i'm not trying to um be debbie downer on all that right now but I do think we need to be careful like movies entertainment what what are we going to focus on if we're there's fun things to watch but i do think there's some really good um shows that for our family over the years have been pointing us to christ and getting us excited the nativity story is a movie that we actually love and then when my kids were really young we did this boss the wowie bazowie christmas and it was so cute and we all liked the songs and so we had different things that um our family enjoyed in, um, in in the realms of entertainment. Uh, but as far as other um, traditions, I think each year I, I don't, I'm not always set on exactly how we're gonna do things, but we do try to make memories. We can go walk the lights, we can do a less expensive gingerbread house competition where we do graham crackers and frosting and candy. Um, those are kind of fun things. Things that are family building, th- those are fun, um, but we, Hosting a worship and game night with friends. That's a fun idea. Um, my kids draw names because we have a big family. So my, the seven kids, actually, you know, we have eight because I have a son-in-law. And they draw names now. And they buy gifts for one another, um, which is honestly a highlight for them. And it simplifies things. And it's so much fun because they keep it a secret until we reveal. Um, so those are all fun things. But I also want to emphasize the fact that we go to church we go to the church events. That is a big deal for us, and we're so thankful for our church that has high-quality, Christ-honoring events that are special for our whole family. So that's a big deal for us, and I would say that's a big tradition, that um, we make going to church and these these concerts and events a priority. And um, yeah, one of my son- one of my sons told me that, um, when I asked him about these questions, some of the, some of the questions I was getting his, his input. And he just said that it's always been clear to him, very clear what the Christmas season is about. And, um, and I think a lot of that, he even talked about the concerts that he had been to. He's like, that really has helped him personally to, to begin worshiping the Lord. So you, there are different things that speak to us, but I don't know, just, um, it doesn't always have to be the exact same things every year, but we have a plethora of things that we choose from to do together to build up the family in the Lord and have fun together and make memories. Um, but, yeah, I definitely am thankful for the church and for music and for good entertainment and books that help us along.
0: Um,
3: hang on. So we always have an
2: advent we're working through, and we've talked about that some. Um, And then when the kids were little, we did advents that were very simple, hands-on, little stickers to put on a nativity scene, just something so um, they could engage with what we were talking about. and as, we, as they've gotten older, each Sunday um, before Christmas in December, after we do our Advent, there's usually a surprise, like a game we give or something we're giving to them, and we do it together as a family um, just as a way to surprise them and bless them. One year I had a basket, and... Every day I gave them something, and it, I mean, they still remember it, but man, <laughs> it was out of control. <laughs> they were like, You know that you, you brought that basket in, mom? I'm like, the basket's not coming back out this year. <laughs> so um, it was fun, but it was a lot. Um, and we, like I said, we love to sing. We have um, actually one night where we light candles and we turn off all the lights, and I light candles everywhere and I have these special little candle holders for the kids, and we light them, and some of my kids can play piano, but years before they couldn't, so we just sang songs, but everybody holds a candle, and we just, sing songs together for a little while i mean and when they're little it's wild and out of control and they didn't have you know it was like the little candles with battery and as they've gotten older now they have candles but they have to be very controlled but those are fun things for them and we're just singing and i feel like um for me everything we're doing we're just really trying to make that connection back to jesus christ like god has entered in to our sorrow and our darkness Mm -hmm. and he is the light of the world and he's come to us and so Every fun activity, every gift we give, we're like God is the giver of all good things. So we're trying to like help make that connection. Let's make cookies. God is giving us taste buds. He's entered. You know, like everything is just pointing back to God who has loved us so much and has come for us. So those are just some of the small things we've done. Mm
0: -hmm. That's great. All right. The last question is just: Are there ways you seek to bless or encourage others in this season?
2: Okay, I feel like um, right now I hone in a little bit on our my family, and so I feel like I plan surprises throughout the month. And so for my kids, you know, there might be a day where we're like, oh, surprise, we're going to do this. We're going to go get hot cocoa and... Go look at Christmas lights or just they love to be surprised and blessed so we think through surprises and we scatter them throughout the month and then we just surprise them and they're like okay they're in bed okay get out of bed we're gonna get in the car now and go do get ice cream or whatever it is we just bless them in that way um, and then I buy Christmas cards uh, they can pick them out too and we sit around the table and everybody picks um, somebody they want to write a Christmas card to so um, it can be a family if a some of my kids can't write, so they tell me what they want to say, and we send it to grandparents or friends, and so we send those out, and then we love to make food, and we love to bake, and so we'll make cookies or cinnamon rolls as a family, and we do things, and then we deliver them to people, friends, family, different things like that, Um, and I would say this is an area where like Um, for my family I feel like I've had to ask God give me creative ideas help me know how to bless the people in my life because what's a blessing to my family might not be a blessing to your family what you know like who are you around and learning how to bless them so asking God to give you creative ideas in this way um has been something that just the Lord's really always been faithful to give me ideas or you know and there was one year where um we leading up to Christmas, every night someone surprised us and dropped off goodies on our front porch with scriptures. Are part of the Christmas story. Um, so, and then on the day of Christmas, they t- told us who they were. So, two for two different times that happened one year. Then one year it was a nativity scene. Every night mm-hmm. a different piece of the nativity scene was dropped off on our door with a hymn and a piece of the uh, um, Jesus story of Jesus coming to save us and so we each night we'd be like and we wouldn't know and that we would hear knock or the next morning it would be there and we would open it up and then we would read and so i still have that nativity scene we set it out every year and we recount like you remember when they dropped this off so we Mm -hmm. haven't done that to someone but that is a goal of mine is to Mm -hmm. try to bless someone else in that way so
0: anyways
3: that's very cool cool. yeah i love that love that idea so yeah uh ways to Seek to bless and encourage others in this season. We have done a lot of different things over the years. I'm going to share some of those. Um, One is just with our neighbors. We do try to make goodies and take that over to them. My kids love to walk um, little goodies over to our neighbors and sometimes with a Christmas card. And Mm I know it seems little, but even on our Christmas card, I'll often try to have a scripture or something just as a way to celebrate. Christ and make that an opportunity to share Christ with others in this season. Um, just like a real open door at Christmas to share mm-hmm. with people, even through songs and things that you do. So it's it's a really unique season, season that people are more open to, to hear that. Um, we have done things like Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child, The Shoe Box. That's been a really fun thing for our, when our kids were younger. And then they have a catalog that comes out. And that's been something fun. As my kids get older, we've done price matching where they get together and they put together a sum of money. And we'll say, whatever you all put together, we will we will put the same amount in. So we're going to double it. And then you guys can go through the catalog and pick out gifts. And that's been fun because we, we do appreciate Samaritan's Purse, uh, their vision. But a lot of it is also just simple things like practicing hospitality, opening our home up to people that may not have family or are lonely or um, new to the area. So I think those are good ways that we've been able to um, encourage others in the season. And of course, also just encouraging my own family, the things that uh, I think Lauren, you, you did a great job sharing that, the things that I plan in our own home For us to do as a family to encourage my children and my husband and to make uh, the season uh, really a a time of reflection and joy of what Christ has done for us. I don't know it's just it sometimes it's just a lot of little things that build up um, that I think create an overall focus that, I don't know, it just focuses our heart on the Lord Jesus and what he's done for us. Um, so, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, a lot of times it's just a lot of little things that I want to do to bless my own family.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to be re-listening to this podcast mm-hmm. to hear some of these ideas again. and um, mm-hmm. so Because that's, that's just all of those are really great. And we have done a little bit of... Um, We we have traditionally not had a ton of money. Um, That's just our, that's been our family's experience. And so we haven't been able to do a lot of, like, extra events or, like, gift giving beyond what is absolutely necessary. Um, We will make, like, little bags of cookies up for our neighbors. And then, um, and the girls just love, like, delivering the cookies to the neighbors and like ringing on their doorbells and putting them in their mailboxes if they're not home and so we, we'll do stuff like that but um but I feel like now I, I want to start incorporating some of the other stuff that I, I hear you guys talking about but um my mine has been focused more on just what can I do with my kids um at this time so I am not like a, a Pinterest mom I'm not a craft mom I don't I'm not a super intentional activities for fun. I I don't, I don't do a whole lot of things throughout the week or day that would be worth like taking a picture of and putting on Instagram. (laughs) Does that make sense? And so during Christmas, I know that my kids like to do crafts. And so I Do crafts during Christmas, and I let them come in and help me make the cookies that I like to. I like to make cookies by myself with an audio book going in my kitchen. But with when during Christmas, I am with everybody's in there with me, and um, so we have this little silly uh, Jesus tree that we call it. It's just a little tiny tree and um at the beginning of the advent season we start just reading through the christmas story very slowly and then we'll like we have these ornaments that i just came up with out of looking on pinterest for once in my life <laughs> and um and they they all three all the all the kids who are old enough to make ornaments will make ornaments for this tree and so the tree will get more and more like junky and messy looking by the end of the season because all of the ornaments are like covered in glitter and the glue parts are hanging off but you know it's just great but like the kids love it they look forward to it every year and it blesses them for me to die to myself in that way and do something something that makes it stand out to them um and then just as far as like how observing it the traditional advent and christmas helps um with that i think the advent our advent practice of cleaning our house deep cleaning our house um, has always helped me feel prepared to do a lot of extra hosting during Christmas like it, it it has the double duty of the spiritual work of I'm preparing my heart for the king and I'm preparing my home to receive guests and so during the 12 days of Christmas as I'm more available for my children we're also available to host at the drop of a hat like somebody will say something like hey we haven't seen you guys in a while It'd be good to hang out I'll be like we got 12 days when do you want to come and they'll so people can just come they call and um it, it's just been a fun way to just make myself more available because we're so busy we're so busy throughout the year and for this time to be available to um just at the drop of a hat have people over um or go over to someone else's house is is a sweet it's a sweet little season
4: I think for me, one thing during the season, I'm usually asking the Lord to show me opportunities where I can serve. Um, I've mentioned I have maybe more time and capacity during the season, and I want to to use that well. And so um, over the years, I'll maybe will end up, you know, watching someone's kids so they can go to a Christmas party or shop in peace. Or um, I've noticed over the last few years, my house has become a place for Christmas presents from friends and family that I guess are hiding them from their kids and their husbands. So sometimes I'll come home and there's golf clubs or Nerf guns or other things in my, in my house. So that's, I think, just a little way I can serve. or um, The past few years I've had friends that have young children come over and rap. I didn't realize that was a challenge for moms with young kids to find time and place to wrap presents. Um, so we've done that before, um, and those, those I, th- I hope those bless others, but they're also really encouraging to me. Um, I think another thing for me, practically Christmas is a really great time to invite people to church, to concerts or other events. Um, I think especially for those who maybe aren't um, regular church goers or maybe um, are, are intimidated by church or curious, I think Christmas can just Um, reduce some of those barriers be a little less intimidating more inviting Um, and so there's a lot of wonderful events not only at our church but other um, good churches in the area that host different events so again I think that blesses me and and maybe inviting friends or family that aren't um, aren't believers or are are exploring their faith more um, but then serves me as well so those are those yeah those are a couple things I do over the years
0: that's so great well um, thank you guys. This has been so fun, so encouraging. Um, I, If you're like me, I, I do. I want to go back and listen because there's so many things that I'm like, oh, those are all great. Um, I would say You know, listen and maybe just pick one or two. (laughs) You know, if you're listening, I mean, I'm like, oh, there's like six or seven that I'm like, I want to do all of them. But um, I think you guys were so helpful in just emphasizing the goal is not to fill the calendar, it's not to do all the things. It is okay for it to look very different. I love how diverse all of you guys are in in what you do. Um, But the goal is like, what? what is going to stir up our soul, encourage us and those around us to treasure Christ. And um, I remember in the last podcast, um, one of the ladies just said like, she can get overwhelmed with all the things and she just asked the Lord, talked with her husband about like, okay, let's just pick a few. So I think um, for anyone listening, that would just be great is just to um, come, come before the Lord with like, help me to have wisdom here. Cause I do think, you know, we all need wisdom. We can't do it all uh, every season. Um, But the Lord, I think, really does want our hearts to be encouraged and our homes to be places of joy and anticipation. And I think he'll give wisdom when we ask for it of what this year will look like. Um, We don't have to plan traditions for the rest of our lives, but what can we do for the next month or so? Um, And you guys have just done a great job giving us so many things to think about. And um, so thank you for preparing and for coming to share with us.